the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey everyone, my name is Reagan. Welcome to Conversations with Sarah, with your host, Sarah Carnes. She's my mom. She's on the radio and TV and loves the Cleveland Browns. But one of her favorite things is connecting with you. She wants to help you live a healthy, happy life. I don't know how she does it. She even got me to love carrots and eat broccoli. Thanks for listening. Well, hello there. Hope everyone is having a great day. Just finished up the show here and having a cup of my dandelion tea. I know this is crazy. I'm I'm going through a phase where I'm trying different things. I have always loved coffee, like love, love coffee. I drink um, really good coffee, bulletproof coffee. And let me tell you, I just got a French press. My girlfriend got me to kind of want to try it and got the French press and I absolutely love it. After I conquered (laughs) the intimidation of the French press, I love it. But I keep going back like, I don't know if I should have caffeine every day. Let me try some new things. And I'm trying now and I really, really like it. It's called Dandy Blend. Have you guys seen this? They have um, an organic blend and then it's gluten-free. And it's a herbal beverage with dandelion, but it actually takes tastes a lot like coffee. You can have it hot or cold, and depending on how much powder you use, it really has like a nutty roasted tea to a strong espresso or cappuccino and taste to it. So if you're looking for something that's like an alternative to coffee, but you still want like something hot in the mornings, you know, maybe something a little nuttier than um, a roasted tea. This is really, really good. So it's um, five ingredients, three roots and two grains. It's barley and rye, and then chicory root and dandelion root, which is supposed to be really good for you. But ultimately, it just tastes good. And it's an option if you're trying to say, hey, maybe I shouldn't have the caffeine every day. Maybe I want that. I actually even tried bulletproof caffeine-free coffee. That was really good as well. So there you go. If you're looking for an alternative, that's what I'm drinking right now. So good. I'll go ahead and link it in my Amazon store for you if you want to try it out. Um, If you go to conversationswithsarah.com, and click on Shop My Faves. You can see all of my favorite healthy stuff, um, all my favorite fashions that I've gotten on Amazon. But most of the stuff I get like this, it's it's all from Amazon. So you can click on it and check it out. So, but today on the podcast, um, I want to introduce you to someone. Her name is Felicia Masonheimer, and she's a, a blogger, a podcast ho- host, and she has a new book out called Stop Calling Me Beautiful, Finding a Deeper Spirituality in a Shallow World. And the title just caught me. Um, Stop Calling Me Beautiful. What? Um, 
And it's just she has a lot of in, uh, really good thoughts about this. And no, it's not a book like Never Call Me Beautiful or anything like that. We all still want to hear that. But, you know, have we become too shallow in the whole idea of, oh, you're beautiful. Oh, you're the beautiful. Or this. You know, there's more to us than just that. So she teaches us how to study scripture, how to live boldly as women of the word, how to keep perspective and painful uh, circumstances in the book and how to overcome bitterness and learning rejoicing. Um, I love it. I will tell you, this is just maybe connected with me because I've just started studying and found um, kind of like a deeper relationship and different transformational qualities about myself through my studies this year and reading the Bible. So when I saw this, I thought, oh, I think you guys might like to hear from her too and read her book. Um, Her writing focuses a lot on her website of the difficulty of uh, maturing in a personal relationship with God and how that how that works and how we can do it practically and things like that. So uh, Felicia is in Northern Michigan. So we actually connected with her via phone call today. You can find more on her website. It's FeliciaMasonheimer.com. And her new book is Stop Calling Me Beautiful. So here she is. Well, thank you so much for spending some time with us today. I have to tell you, I've been reading all of your blogs and kind of diving in more to what all your um, what all you're kind of putting out there to the world. And I just love your message, and I love how you're simplifying things for me that have like maybe seemed a little complicated or maybe not even talked about the most. I want to start off first of all talking about. What's your story? You have this new book out called Stop Calling Me Beautiful, which really stopped me in my tracks. And I was like, wait, stop calling me beautiful? What does this mean? And as I dove in, I was like, wow, there's so much truth to this. So kind of what's your story? And why does you know, you know, this message, your blog, all of it exist? Well, I grew up in the church, Christian parents, um, wonderful childhood. But in the course of my growing up and my childhood, I realized that I didn't always know why I believed what I believed. And as I went to college and struggled with different um, specific sexual sin that I was dealing with in my younger years, I realized that I didn't know how my Christian faith actually translated to practical daily life. I was doing a lot of pulling myself up by the bootstraps. And Christianity Mm -hmm. felt really exhausting. And yet I knew enough about Scripture from being so well discipled by my parents to know that Jesus said his yoke was easy and his burden was light. And so it didn't make sense to me why Christianity felt so heavy and why it took so much effort if all I did was struggle with sin, all I did was have to be good all the time. And so in college is when I really started to wrestle with these questions, late high school and early college, and ask, you know, why do I believe this? What does this mean? What does Jesus mean when he says that his yoke is easy? And so over time, I started to see that a lot of the messages that were being preached to me as a woman, because it was assumed I wouldn't go into ministry, wouldn't be a pastor, um, were lacking theological depth. And a lot of them focused on me being a beautiful daughter of God and being worthy but never giving me any answers for the real struggles of my daily life. Mm -hmm. And that is what Stop Calling Me Beautiful is all about. 
You also talk about how, you know, the message is uh, transforming. It should be transforming in your world and practicality. So does the book go into that at all? Yeah, because I honestly think that Christianity is an extremely practical faith. But we we don't understand that practical doesn't mean all on our own strength. It's God's strength through us, His Spirit, strengthening us and changing us and bringing out the character traits that reflect His image. But in order for that practicality to take place in our lives, we have to be going deeper with Him. We have to get beyond just the face value messages about beauty and identity and understand who is God and how does that change how I understand myself in my world. And that becomes a very practical discipline, but it starts with seeking God for God's sake. So I want to just make it clear to me and to everyone, because when I read Stop Telling Me I'm Beautiful, it resonated with me, I guess because I have a teenage daughter, first year of college. And, you know, as a mom, I sometimes creep and look at everyone's Instagram posts and selfies and just things like that. And I have noticed just a trend with girls in general where it's, you know, every comment is, oh, my gosh, you're so beautiful. It's like we go out and seek these comments sometimes. And it's like, are we missing the whole and not that I think that's wrong in in any way. I think it's nice to tell people, oh, you look pretty, you're no haircut. It looks great. So, you know, I don't think that's what you're saying. But the whole idea of, you know, we have to stop thinking of ourselves, kind of what you just said as just a beautiful child of God, which we are, and that's true. But is there something something deeper there? Do you see that with social media or anything like that, kind of like just making it even worse sometimes? For sure. And like you said, there's nothing wrong with a desire to be beautiful, with telling people that they're beautiful. The title is reflecting the entire message of the book. So you really have to read the book to understand the title. Yes. But in what I'm saying is, that when we all we focus on is your beautiful daughter of God, and we don't give any backstory, we don't say what had to happen for us to become daughters of God, that Jesus had to die, and that before that, we weren't worthy, we weren't beautiful in our own right, we were image bearers of God, and we reflected some of His goodness, but none of that could merit our relationship with Him. And so Jesus had to die to reconcile us, and that's not... You know, it's beautiful that he did that, but it's kind of ugly also who we were before he did that. And so understanding the whole story actually allows us to appreciate grace more, to appreciate the exchanging ashes for beauty even more than if we just start at that point of, you're just the beautiful daughter of the king and hoping that that changes something. Yeah, you have to get deeper and understand, Mm -hmm. you know, why, you know. Why, I guess. I guess I, I, I'm always like the root of everything. So I like to dig and get deeper. So that's really just helped me. And like I said, this whole, you know, stop calling me beautiful is the title of your book, but it doesn't mean that we don't want to look nice and hear that. It means, you know, in some ways, has have we in America, just because that's where we live, with the idea of sex cells and the media, um, I think the media has just gotten into that so far where we think, well, I got to look pretty and I got to look like this person in the magazine and I got to look like this person on TV. I mean, 
recently we saw the Super Bowl and, you know, it's just like, what was going, what just happened here? (laughs) And it blows my mind because on the same end, we have these, you know, women power stand up for our rights, which is awesome, you know, in in a lot of beautiful ways. But then we turn around and then have this on a national stage. It's like a conflicting message in my mind. Very much. Yeah, very much. We hear from the world, you know, that women are more than just their bodies. And we know that to be true. We're more than just a beautiful, you know, face, how we look. And yet we know deep down we do crave to hear that. And we really do try to align ourselves with a lot of the material given to us, you know, what does Cosmo magazine say, you know, I need to do to make myself sexy, to make myself beautiful. We want that. And I think that there is a God design desire to be desirable. Mm-hmm. I think that has a beautiful place, both in our spiritual relationship with him and in our human relationships in that, you know, girlfriends who encourage us and in our husbands um, in marriage. But if you're finding your identity in this beauty, whether coming from the church or coming from the world, you're missing the point. Because the point is, yes, Jesus makes us worthy and beautiful, but the gospel isn't about us. It's not about our worthiness. It's not about our beauty. It's about Him. And until we understand that the Bible is a book about God, we're going to keep coming to it to learn more about ourselves. So we have to shift our understanding of Christianity. And this was my problem when I was a younger Christian is I was looking to the Bible to tell me more about me and getting frustrated when it didn't change me instead of coming to the Bible to learn more about God. And that is where transformation happens. Yeah, it's true. Letting the Bible transform, transforming you, it, it's, it's just a whole new world when you, when you get in and dive in that way. What do you think women in the church really need then? Well, they need the complete gospel. And I think when we hear gospel, at least, you know, back in the day, I felt like, okay, I heard the gospel when I got saved. Why do I need to hear it again? Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, like that's covered, that's over. But the gospel is never over for us. The gospel is our entire hope in our life, that this is who we were. This is what Jesus did. And now the gospel is at work in us every day, changing us and transforming our relationships. And it's what we live and share with other people. The last thing Jesus said was, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. And that was a command to men and women of all different walks and careers, not just his disciples who were specifically in ministry. That means that every woman is supposed to be making disciples, but you can't make disciples if you aren't a disciple. And so to be a disciple, you have to understand the gospel, to not come to the Bible only wanting to learn more about you but to understand this is a really big picture thing, and I get to be part of this exciting adventure with God, that He wants to know me, I get to know Him, and we get to walk together into a deeper relationship that I get to share with the whole world. That That is what we need. So there's a lot of female Christian influencers out, out there today. We, we hear the word influencers all the time, right? Whether it's from mm-hmm. what makeup line we should be wearing, what books we should be reading, and also in the in the Christian uh, ministry world. What, you have said that there's some uh, problematic messages being conveyed to women by female Christian influencers. So what, what are those? 
Well, a couple of the messages we've touched on before, a beautiful daughter of God, again, true from Scripture, but incomplete. You've got to have the whole story. Another one is you're worthy. And I see this a lot from the world, um, secular posts on Instagram, you're worthy. This is so encouraging. Yes, it is, if it's true. Because if you're looking at your worthiness, you know, just as I am, I'm worthy. Mm-hmm. Apart from Christ, we're not worthy. That's really scary to tell somebody that they're worthy in the eyes of God, that they're just fine as they are when they still have to be reconciled to Him. Quite frankly, it's a lie. And so for Christians, when we say, you're worthy, yes, we are worthy in Christ, but we have to make sure that we understand how that worthiness was bought and that as daughters of God, we have to be having a daily relationship with Him. We can't just live in sin and, you know, be, you know, kind of halfway Christians, not really seeking God, not disciples of Jesus, but taking the label Christian and, you know, say, well, I'm worthy. And so none of it matters. It doesn't matter if I really follow Jesus. Jesus said his disciples will bear much fruit and so prove that they follow him. Mm-hmm. And so it's important that our, our taking the label Christian and saying, you know, that we are worthy in Christ manifest itself through actual following of Jesus. Mm. Yeah, that's really good. And you talk about some practical tips, ways to deepen your spiritual life when you don't know where to begin. Because I do think, you know, everyone's journey is different. Everyone's Mm -hmm. transforming at different times. And I always think about like, you know, I grew up in a Christian home, just like you said you did. But I had a lot of trouble kind of understanding the stories and relating them back to my life and how they connect. And it wasn't until I was older either that it all started to kind of, oh, that it's all making sense. And I had to make a lot of mistakes before that. So how do you, how do you tell people at just different stages from a practical standpoint, like when they don't know where to begin? It can be really overwhelming, and there's no shame in that, because especially if you didn't grow up in a Christian home, everything is new, and you're trying to catch up to people who seem to know all the terminology or grew up reading the Bible. And then again, if you did grow up in the church, you can actually become really apathetic and kind of like, well, I already know all this. Mm-hmm. Yes. excite me, so why should I bother? Right. So, On either end of the spectrum, it can be a struggle, and so there's no need to be ashamed of that. It's just a starting point. So to go deeper, what I always encourage is start by learning to study the Bible for itself. It's really easy to go from devotional to devotional. It's really easy to hop from Christian lifestyle book to lifestyle book and let somebody else tell you what the Bible means. And I I find this somewhat ironic because I did write a Christian lifestyle book. <laughs> my hope is, and what I always say, is I hope that those who read it are driven to study the Bible. And if that means that they no longer need any of the books that I write, I hope they put me out of business. Because my hope is that they will become independent students of God's Word. And so for somebody looking to really start going deeper, I would say, Start with a simple book like 1 John or the Gospel of John, if you've never read through the whole Gospel. Read it slowly. Don't put yourself on a time frame. 
get a little notebook and write down any thoughts or questions that you have as you're reading. It helps to have that in writing because it helps you engage with the text. And then ask two questions. My friend Gretchen Staffels um, came up with these, and I love them. The first is, who is God, or what do I learn about God in this passage? And the second one is, how does that change how I live? Mm. So you're looking for God's movements, God's character trait, who he is first, then asking, how does knowing this about God change me? Yeah, I like that. That's really good advice because some people, <laughs> I have always heard this. I'm actually doing an Old Testament study right now. And, you know, sometimes people start in Genesis, Exodus, and they get to Leviticus. It's like, oh, I don't know. I'm lost. I'm done. And it just doesn't work out. So it's okay to start somewhere like John or something. Exactly. Yeah. And you won't hopefully feel overwhelmed. And if you do, I think there's lots of uh, commentaries and things or, you know, help. But my pastor said something, I don't know probably a good five years ago that really helped me. And he he said in a sermon one time, he's like, don't take my word for any of this. Find it for yourself. Mm-hmm. And that was something that just stuck to me that day because I will be honest, I wasn't that great at consistently reading my Bible for me, like you're talking right now. I was just doing the studies and you know things like that mm-hmm. in the lifestyle books. And it is really just transformed me. My word for the year that year, my theme word was transform. So I think it really helped me do that. And now I'm ready to tackle Leviticus, (laughs) like a pro, hopefully. (laughs) But so, so powerful to go like step by step and like give yourself grace for the process to study. And um, it's funny, Leviticus is actually my favorite book of the Bible now. What? For so many years. But if you look and study it, with a commentary and take some time through it. There's so much imagery of Jesus and his sacrifice in Leviticus. It's, I'm it's beautiful. I'm so excited you said that. Ah, I'm actually, yeah, I'm, I'm doing a, a, a commentary with it, the book I'm reading. And then the Leviticus comes out April 1st. So I'm excited. And I've always heard like, oh, it's so rough, blah, 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 blah. So it's exciting to hear from you that it's one of your favorites. Yeah, it's repetitive. But if you have, if you understand the context and have the help of a commentary, it it makes it make so much more sense. Um, because a lot of the reason that we get discouraged or distracted in a lot of the Old Testament books is simply because it's a different culture and we don't yes. understand it. Yes. So once we understand it, it comes alive. It, I mean, it's it's actually like rocked my world. I am learning stuff that I would have never known before. And it's actually a Jewish take on it. It's a, yes. um, so I'm taking the Torah actually and reading it from a, you know, a Jewish perspective. And it's mm-hmm. just blowing my mind. Like we're learning so much. Yeah, learning yes. so much. And I'm a history nerd. So, you know, just learning all of that in combination with everything and then connecting it with the New Testament. I'm not afraid of the Old Testament anymore. Let's just say that. <laughs> so your book, Stop Calling Me Beautiful. First of all, it's out now. I know you can get it multiple places. But what do you want women to take from it after reading what I hope women take away from it is that Jesus can actually transform the hardest areas of their lives, and that happens by going deeper with him. And so ultimately, the simple step, the simple takeaway is to make seeking Jesus personally a priority, to study the word for yourself, 
because that's where you're going to understand him and know him Mm -hmm. first. And through that, you will see transformation in your personal life. It will not feel like the constant drudgery and struggle and be a good Christian um, life that many of us have lived Mm -hmm. because he really does offer an easy yoke. And the simplest step is seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. It's really that simple, not easy, but simple. Yeah. I love it. Well, thank you so much for taking time with us today. We'll link your book and all of the information up in notes here today on the podcast. We appreciate it and excited to read. Thank you so much, Sarah.